Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bolt from the Blue podcast and I am especially honoured to have my buddy uh, Ray from City Fan uh, TV here with me. Now if, for all of you guys that are uh, tuning in, um, hoping to listen to uh, Colin Savage as well, unfortunately uh, Colin is just a little bit under the weather at the moment so we didn't want to bother him too much. And also, you know, <laughs> Ray and I both know that Colin hates to talk about transfers and um, he is uh, one of those guys that uh, will talk about it when it's close to being done or when the shirt's being held up. But um, uh, Colin will be back on with us after this particular pod. Um, but for tonight, it's just me as the interviewer. I am your Chris Wallace and you're Donald Trump <laughs> or your Joe <laughs> or your Joe Biden, whoever is uh, your particular favorite, is with me right now. We've got Ray from City Fan TV. Ray, how are you doing? I'm all right, Mike. I'm all right. As usual, long days coming up to midnight in Paris, uh, but we're just about to get cracking on what I think has been an exciting pod. It will be. It will be. And now, guys, I promise you, if you stayed up like I did, and watch that ridiculous debate between those two clowns um, in America, I promise you that Ray and I will not be speaking over each other too much and not interrupting e each other too much or c calling each other clowns or idiots. Well, actually, that might happen. That, 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 that might happen a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, Ray, let's start off with the first thing. What do you think about the draws uh, that we have just learned about? Sorry, Matt, I am just going to say up front, obviously... Uh, so some sad news today uh, that Paul Stewart's wife passed away recently. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Social media today. Uh, Paul Stewart, obviously, um, ex-England player, played for Blackpool, Man City, Liverpool, I believe, and Spurs, amongst others. Um, and so he, he put something out on Twitter. His wife of, I think, 33 years passed away recently. So, obviously, we want to um, extend our condolences uh, oh, all Bev and, and their families. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if, if Paul listens to this pod. I know a lot of um, former City players do, but uh, Paul, if you're listening, our heartfelt um, thoughts and prayers are out with you. That's a terrible loss, and I really, really hope that um, that you can recover from that um, in 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 due course. I'm so sorry about that, Paul. But, um, yeah, uh, that's a very, very sad note to start off with, uh, Ray. But I guess um, let's go to our, you know, the, the, the format that we, we kind of agreed. And we're going to start off with the, uh, the draws. We had the Champions League draw and we also had the Carabao uh, Cup draw. Ray, um, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the Carabao Cup draw pits <laughs> against Arsenal. Uh, away, you know, people are automatically talking about the sauce, uh, the the uh, wizard and his apprentice, or something like that. Um, I think we've already had that. I mean, we played Arsenal twice, and you know, we beat them quite comfortably in the league, three 0 and then they beat us in the FA Cup semi final, two one. So that's the most recent game. And um, Arsenal got through against Liverpool on penalties. Liverpool only had two first team players to start that game. And, <laughs> Liverpool out! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I knew you'd be, I knew you'd be uh, heartbroken. Um, but Arsenal had a lot of their first, several of their first team members playing, and I think it was a nil-nil game. They won on penalties, uh, so well done to them. But it's, it's, it's an interesting draw. I mean, actually, someone asked me who do you want before the uh, the draw actually took place, and I said Arsenal, uh, half tongue in cheek. But you know, we we need to. Um, it, it doesn't matter. You got to beat whoever's put in front of you. That's the bottom line. Um, and it's going to give, you know, hopefully Pep will have a, a little bit more uh, desire, if that's the right word, after they beat us in the FA Cup. We're playing them in, a, I think, in, in, in a couple of weeks' time, two or three weeks' time anyway, up in Manchester. Um, so it'll pit us against them, obviously, quite a lot in a short space of time. But it, it, it is what it is, as Pep would say. You know, it's it's you have to beat whoever's in front of you. Ray, could you could you just yeah. um, tell people that, that that maybe don't already know? Um, do you happen to know the other uh, the other draws? The other draws, I I did know, uh, <laughs> but uh, a lot of things just zip through my mind because I, I don't care about. It. I, I know I, you you were too busy and you were focused on no, the city. You didn't I care. Do, I do care about these. Um, 
Um, but I did see the, the jaw go through and I, I was watching it. And now I don't know. Oh, here we go. Everton versus Man United. So obviously, okay. that's, a, that's a really tough game for United away from home. Everton have won all their three league games this season. And they're, 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 Everton are looking mustard, aren't they? Well, they're looking better than they have done in the last few seasons. Albert uh, Lewin, my, yeah, my. They're looking, looking decent. Brentford, who beat, uh, was it Fulham? Uh, 3-0, they're giving them a pasting. Uh, if you do want to see a, a fantastic goal, go and watch the Brentford versus uh, Fulham highlights. Uh, ben Rama scored a, an absolute peach. Um, I won't tell you how he scored it, but it, it's well worth a watch. So Brentford are playing against Newcastle. Um and Stoke are playing at home against Spurs. Now Stoke beat Aston Villa one 0 away from home tonight. Uh, so it's 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 good. You you know you still got your big teams. You got Everton, United, Arsenal, City, uh, and Spurs. Uh, you, you'd say from bigger clubs, and then you got some you know Championship sides, which is the, the second tier in in England: Stoke City and Brentford, uh, and then you have got um, Everton as well. So it's 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 nice. It's a nice. And Newcastle as well, sorry. It's a nice draw. Um, some good teams left. And, you know, it's, there's a chance for somebody, uh, I mean, someone like Brentford or Newcastle, one of those teams is going to get through to the semi-final. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, you're not far away then from uh, a date at Wembley if you can get through that semi-final. So uh, it's, it's a fantastic draw. Um, and now, Ray, before you go into the other draw, um, I think a lot of um, BFTB supporters would would love to have your comments on the game against Burnley because obviously we didn't do a pod on that because we're trying to do one per week. But um, uh, lovely performance by Ferran Torres. Uh, what did you think of that particular game? Uh, briefly, look, we were, Burnley didn't offer enough uh, to put us under any threat. The first half we were extremely comfortable. Um, Raheem Sterling was hit and miss. Because he had quite a few chances, some he should have done better with, but he did score a couple of goals. Uh, you can't take that away from him, uh, finding the target. Generally, the performance was good. I think that's a combination of us and uh, us being decent and Burnley not putting up much of a threat. You know, their striker um, had just come, was it Barnes, had just come back from injury. So his first game for several months. Uh, so he was a little bit off form. They had a couple of half chances. Um, but, you know, we were far better than them all over the pitch. We had a, a debut for uh, Palmer, Cole Palmer. Um, that was nice for him. We, we did actually start with a very strong side with about eight and nine first-teamers. It was so strong. It yeah. was so strong. And it's a it, it, people are wondering, is it because of a backlash because we were so poor against Leicester that Pep's thrown the, most of the same players out uh, again? Or also that we want to get through? Uh, the co- uh, competition that you know, in, on Fre- uh, French uh, TV, I think they call it the uh, the Manchester City Cup because we've won it the last three seasons and five in the last seven. So they call it the Manchester City Cup. It's our trophy, and <laughs> we want it back. So, Ray, what did you think of uh, the young Ferran Torres? Torres, he had a, he had a great game. Um, my notes were, you know, he started. Uh, he's, well, if you look at what he's done this season, he started a little bit, I wouldn't say nervous, but he's not full of confidence. He's just finding his feet. And he, he started this game the same. But as soon as he had an opportunity, he, he burst past one uh, player. player. He's, and you could see from that moment, his confidence was growing. He showed tremendous place. Yeah, some good dribbling. There was one, uh, and he was switching, switching wings so he could do it on the right, he could do it on the left. And you could see that pace where he's, he had, he knocked the ball past somebody and bang, he was gone. He left him for, for, for dust. And on the other, other wing, there was another one where he chased someone for the ball and he gave the guy something like, uh, you know, two or three yards start in a, in a 10 yard dash and almost beat him to the ball. So it's extremely encouraging. So so soon in his city career, uh, you know, after three or four games, he's showing that he's you know probably getting over his nerves. He's only twenty years old, new country, new language, new lifestyle, new culture, new weather, new food, new team, everything. And after four or five games, if he, it looks like he's got that confidence. He's you know. Wait, he uh, nice so a quick listener question nice. here. A quick listener question. Um, asking. 
And do you think that he will be able to adequately replace uh, Leroy Sané? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a silly question in a way because we don't know, but on yeah. your first impressions. Well, what I'd say is Leroy Sané didn't play for us last season and the season before he hardly played in the last six months. So for the last 18 months, we've not had much of Leroy Sané. So, you know, we played without him. Um, we we were formidables in the last four or five months. We won 14 games on the banks, and Leroy started Sane probably started three of them. So, um, I, you know, Leroy Sane is a wonderfully gifted, talented player who always got me off my seat. He was the most exciting player in the last few seasons at City for me. Um, but he's gone. We've got to move on. Ferran Torres is only 20. He's coming in at a similar age to Sane. Probably played a few more games. He's exciting, but. You know, I don't want to put too much expectation on the young man's shoulders. Give him time. What I did say when we signed him, that I expected if he carried on progressing, if he got his confidence, if he found his feet uh, and he felt he was in the right place, that by the end of the season, he would be he, he would be pushing Maris for that first choice. It might even be sooner. So that's how, that's how confident I am in his potential and him delivering. So it's up to him now. It's up to the kid. Well, guys, all, all of the big guns are behind him. We had Sidlo, uh, Graham Hunter, everyone who's in Spain talking about this guy and how uh, amazing he is. Um, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see um, how that develops. So, the, so, so guys, the first part uh, of, of our pod tonight was just to let you know a little bit about what's going to happen in the Carabao Cup. But I think that most people... Uh, that I've had uh, tweeting me are asking for Ray to give his reaction to the Champions League draw. <laughs> and uh, not just for us, but maybe Ray might talk about uh, some of the other teams as well. But first of all, City's group, how do you feel, Ray? Got to be very happy. Got to be very happy about that. I mean, I- I've got to give, <coughs> excuse me, my little gripe about UEFA uh, for something that started this, this, they've now. F- not just through the Champions League draw, but they've given out some awards as well. So, honestly, the way I looked at it, it was it was the awards were on the back of the people wanting to watch the Champions League. So, you have to sit through the awards. And for me, they should have done that a, as a separate uh, ceremony or whatever, separate thing on a different day to see how poorly people thought about their awards. Because, you know, we were forced to, um, to see that. But the whole... The whole thing lasted about one hour twenty minutes. And it is, it is quite frankly, it is quite ridiculous that you have to sit through all this. I, I was doing a, an actual live show at the time, and for the, I actually said I didn't start my live show until it was forty minutes in to the to the uh, into the program on UEFA because it was just a waste of time. I don't want to hear about last season. I don't, you know, everybody pretty much is waiting for the draw to come out uh, and City. Um, look, we know we've got a very, very good draw in terms of, you know, who could we have got? You know, we could have been in, in potentially Manchester Manchester United's group. You know, there's a, there's a lot of, I've got to say, there's a lot of uh, things going on in the background that Liverpool and Man United can't play on the same day. So that's why United were in the group that they were in and we actually couldn't get in the once Liverpool it's a bit, you know, I won't go into it all. It, it, Run us through the groups, Ray. Run us through the groups and yes. um, and let's see how that it breaks down. Here's the group I was quite pleased we weren't in. Group A, Bayern, Munich, uh, Atletico Madrid, Salzburg and Lokomotiv, Moscow. What I've got to say, the second team, uh, so the first team I named are in, were from pot one. So they're the top eight seeds. The next eight from pot two, then pot three, pot four. City were in pot two, so we couldn't have gotten with Atletico. But we could have been in a group with Bayern Munich, uh, which is hard straight away. So that was Bayern Munich, Atletico, Salzburg and Lokomotiv Moscow. Group B, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter Milan and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Whoa. Pretty tasty group, that is. Pretty tasty. We could have been in there with Real Madrid, Inter Milan and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Tasty group. Next group is our group, Group C. Gem, an absolute peach of a draw for us. Porto, one of the, let's say, the three weaker teams out of eight in the uh, pot one, in the top seeds. Porto, Man City, Olympiakos and Marseille. Now, Olympiakos, the Greek team, they're one of, uh, you know, a team that would have been quite happy to draw from pot three. Um, and Marseille, decent side. I mean, they, they, they finished second in League 1, the, the French league, last season. 
Um, didn't score too many goals, didn't let in too many goals. I think they let in 29 goals in 28 games and only scored about 41 or 42. They finished second, but they averaged two points a game. So that's a decent return. Um, I mean, obviously, PSG uh, waltz to the French title. But it's it's a good draw for us, you know, Olympiacs. I think that's where Yaya Toure went for a few games. Um, but you look at all the other teams, and, and to be honest, it's a funny old thing this this time. A lot of the strong teams are in pot one and pot two, the top two seeds. Um, and most of the other clubs, they also run. So you don't look at them and think, wow, you're going to cause a lot of trouble. But let's go through the groups. Liverpool's group, Group D, Liverpool, Ajax, Atalanta, Midgetland. I don't think it's Midgetland, but it's Midgetland. Um, interesting there, obviously Ajax are a cracking uh, team, but they're always losing their best players. Atalanta, very exciting going forwards. Always open at the back to letting a few goals. And Midgetland is an interesting one there. Owned, if I remember correctly, by the guy who owns Brentford. He made his money um, and he runs his football clubs the same way. It's about stats and numbers and, um, you know, I don't know if it's like a rollerball kind of thing, uh, but he, he's always looking to get a, an advantage looking at stats. So they've done really well since he's taken over and they're now in the Champions League against Liverpool. And they actually, the player said, um, I'm actually going by an interview one of my friends did. He's a Italian journalist, Italian football journalist, who actually lives in Sweden. Um, uh, he's a Milanista, but he's living in Sweden now. And he interviewed, I think, some of their players uh, recently. Um, and they wanted to play the best. They wanted to play people like Liverpool. So they're really chuffed about that. Group E, um, Sevilla, who were the Europa League winners, perennial Europa, Europa League winners, Chelsea, FK. Krasnodar and uh, Rennes uh, from uh, France. Uh, I think Chelsea are very pleased with that. They should be very pleased with that group. Um, group F, Zenit, St. Petersburg, Borussia Dortmund, Lazio and Club Bruges from Belgium. That's a decent group. Group G, Juventus, Barcelona, Dynamo Kiev and Ferenc Varas. That is a killer group, isn't it? It's a tasty group, but you... You'd, you'd expect Juventus and Barcelona to get through because you know you'd expect them to beat Dynamo Kiev and Ferenc Faros. I think they're the Hungarian champion. Um, group H, another tasty one. This is talk about tasty. This is a, uh, probably one of the, the two top groups: Paris Saint Germain, Manchester United, RB Leipzig, your Upamecano team, and Istanbul Basak Sahir. Now, guys, just before Ray continues, I, I've just got to tell you about. Um... A little Twitter spat that has gone on. Uh, you'll probably be able to see it after this one, but um, Mark Goldbridge uh, and you know, you know, Alan Partridge, Mark Goldbridge, basically uh, came up on everyone's timeline and was complaining about City getting the easy draw. Of course, I had to reply with that uh, image of uh, Kylian Mbappe um, uh, crying his eyes, uh, crying his eyes out. Um, uh, uh, do you think that they've been hard done by? What do you think, Ray? Who, sorry, who's been hard done by? Um, Mark Goldbridge in Manchester United. Manchester, oh, about their draw? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, oh, yeah, look, they were, they, were, they were a little, I said earlier on, they were a little bit unlucky because because what UEFA do, they pair clubs from the same country. They give them a pair. So usually it's the biggest draw in that country. So Liverpool are paired with United. So the way they do it is Liverpool will play one day, United will play the next day. It's for TV viewers. So as soon as this happened, you know, it came to the end and, and, and United could only, because Liverpool were in uh, top half, let's call it, of the, uh, of the job, A, B, C, D, United could only go in groups E, F, G, H. And so they ended up going into this group with uh, Paris Saint-Germain and uh, yeah, look, I always say the more they cry, the better it is for so. Uh, Ray, what, ga what gave you the biggest laugh tonight? Was it Manchester United's uh, Champions League group, or the fact that Liverpool got dumped out of the Carabao well, Cup? If, if 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 people follow me on Twitter, they know I've got this laughing video that I um, <laughs> made by accident, accident last, last year when I was doing a live stream with somebody. It's so funny, it's so funny. And, and by mistake, I'd left my uh, one of the windows open. So I, I'd, normally when you do live streams, you've got to keep 
a check on things in case uh, someone writes something a bit rude so you can delete it or whatever. And so I had it on a, on a different browser, on a uh, different window, and I hadn't turned the volume off. So I was talking to someone and there was all this echo. <laughs> so the other guy was turned, he rebooted his computer twice and I kept saying it's his fault. Because <laughs> I've done so many of these, I've done all, on my channel, I've, you know, in the last 15 months, I've done over a thousand, uh, about 1,200 videos. And I've done thousands of videos in my time. And I, I don't normally do that, make that mistake. But I made it that day, and and so when we just kept laughing because we couldn't work it out, and then we realized it was my side, and then I just died. I really was. I was in so much pain from laughing so hard. I know. I saw that you were in bits. You were in bits. Oh yeah, and 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 I actually say I'm gonna die. I'm going because it was so painful. And so people asked me to play this video when Man United lose or Liverpool lose or Arsenal or Spurs or Chelsea. It doesn't matter who they lose. They asked me, please play this video. And it's got, I don't know how many tens of thousands of views it's got over the time, but it's its uh, its one of those. So, yeah, Liverpool, as I said, Liverpool only played two first-teamers. So I'm not going to, you know, roast them too much uh, about that. There is, a, there is another cup competition, which I think you can, you're going to mention uh, in, a, in a minute. I don't know whether you want to mention it now. It's the fact that Manchester City women have got to the final of the F. Well, that is our next section, Ray. So tell us about what's going on with Manchester City women's team. We had a, we've had a sluggish start to the season. Um, we lost to Chelsea in the Community Shield. Um, I think our performance was poor. We had a play sent off as well, but we weren't in that game at all. Then we beat... Uh, Aston Villa 2-0 uh, sorry they were very poor uh, they gifted us two goals we had a few chances but we still didn't click and you've got to remember this is a City side that finished second last season only just because we were on top when the season stopped because of Covid but we played one more game in Chelsea and they beat us by a fraction uh, because they uh, now, now Ray I think uh, just to bring people up to date um, there's been um a huge influx into the English Premier League of wonderful players, and City have got. Uh, <clears throat> I beg your pardon. Uh, City have got Rose Lavelle. Yeah. And we've got uh, Lucy Bronze back again, right? Yeah. And uh, you know we got. I'll, I'll, them all. I will. I will go through them all for you. This is why I was yep. just talking about the games. So the second game would be uh, Villa. Third game we do with Brighton nil nil. We were very impotent in that game. And the worry was, we've got all these new stars. So we lost a couple of players uh, in the summer. Pauline Bremer, fantastic. She's got a lot of goals for us. She was a main first-teamer. She left. And Tessa Woolart left. Uh, but we got people like, you mentioned Rose Lavelle. Rose Lavelle uh, won the World Cup with the United States last year. She was uh, voted the third best player in the tournament. Um, we got Sam Mewis, another American uh, who won the World Cup last Great summer. goal tonight. Uh, yeah, she, she, she was brilliant. She's brilliant. We got Chloe Kelly, England international yeah. winger. We got Lucy Bronze, what, probably the best right-back in the world and one of the best players in the world right now after winning the champ, uh, Champions League for three seasons on the bounce with Lyon. She's come back to City. She was with us before. We got Alex Greenwood from Lyon. Um, England left back. We have got pretty much two solid top class players in each position. We had the, when on the day that Lucy Bronze was announced, the, the England squad was announced, we had in that England squad 10 players, 10 players, and that wasn't including, um, and, and, and then obviously we had, we had sorry, nine were announced, but we also had um, uh, Alex Greenwood and we had um, Lucy Bronze joining. Oh, so great! Quick, uh, quick uh, fact, question. Quick question. Um, why do people go to Lyon, who are the world champions, and then leave them and come back to England? This combination of things. Lucy Bronze, you can argue she's done it all. She's done it all at Lyon. One of the reasons for coming back to England is she is preparing for the next three years. She wants England to do well in all the competitions. It's, she's coming partly for England reasons, you know, uh, and now. It is uh, because she wants to be prepared. She wants to do all the the training and all the camps, uh, England camps, preparing for the World Cup. That's her, these are her targets. You know, she's won it all in 
she's won loads of stuff with it in Man City when she was here in England. She's won everything with Lyon. So now it's 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 basically what she can do on the international stage and also as as a leader as a, and uh, where she's seen the leader at Lyon. Sorry, I forgot her name now. Uh, the, the captain for many years there. And Lucy wants to do the, the same kind of thing. And so that's one of the, the reasons she's come back to City. Um, you talk to somebody like um, other players have come back. Uh, I was I was actually listening to an interview from an ex-City player called Izzy Christensen, who oh, went yeah. to um, Leon as well, and she's come back to Everton. And she said she wanted to come back because now the Women's Super League is the best league in the world. It's where you're going to test yourself the most. All the players, yeah. all the I, American players. I, I kind of think it might be more to do with baked beans and black it's sausage. Some, it's some uh, and it's a combination, Mike. It's a combination. Street. It's, it's, no, it's a, it's a combination. Some people want to come back for the culture and, and everything else they've left behind and they miss their families and all that. But it is the strongest league in the world. The, the influx of Americans that we're getting is incredible. Everybody's really getting is, them. Yeah. United are getting them. Spurs are getting them. Everybody, Aston Villa, I think they've got somebody. So many good top class players are coming from America and from Europe. You know, the best, uh, there's a, um, one of the, in the award ceremony today, one of the top players um, is a Chelsea player who, who was playing for, I think, Wolfsburg last season. So everybody's coming from Wolfsburg. They're coming from America. They're coming from um, Lyon to the Women's Super League. It is Japan and South Korea too. Exactly. And I think by next, it's either going to be the strongest this season or next season. And the next couple of years, this is going to be the strongest league in the world because we get an influx of managers, influx of the best talent. It's the best league. People want to test themselves. And English players now feel it's a time to come back. You know, they've gone off. They've won the, the big stuff. You know, Lucy Bronze has won the Champions League three times. Alex Greenwood has won it. Uh, Izzy Christensen has won it. Uh, she's gone back to Everton now. So a lot of these players have won it. They've won the big stuff. And now, okay, you know, you want that big trophy, the Champions League. Now they've come back. So, and uh, you know, a lot of them are interested in City because City are one of the best teams. So we've done really, really well. Um, you know, the worry, as I said, the worry was before tonight, we hadn't fired in any game. Let's get on to tonight. We hadn't fired in any game this season. And the first half performance from Manchester City against Arsenal. Now, Arsenal, okay, uh, if you don't know anything about Arsenal's women's team, in the last, I think, they've won the FA Cup the most in England. Um, I think in the last 22 finals, Arsenal have appeared in 14 of them. 14 out of 22, something like that. They're a very good team. I think they were finished third last season in the Women's Super League. They've got a striker up front for, uh, who's got 260 goals or something ridiculous. Uh, we were, they were a very, very good side and we made them look average. Honestly, there's, there's no getting away from it. Our first half performance, and I've said this, it's the best performance I've seen this season. And I would throw the men's in as well. It was the best performance by far. Uh, we were incredible. And we had chance after chance. We were so much in control. Arsenal was struggling to get even outside that uh, on half for the first 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, we, we went ahead with um, with a good goal. Um, uh, then Arsenal did equalise. I think um, something I, I've, I've worried about is about um, Ellie Roebuck, our goalkeeper. I think a little short, it went overhead. Um, with their class, so I didn't even explain Steph Houghton's cracking free kick here and his curling free kick from about 25 yards, a very good free kick. Um, and then Arsenal equalized, and within a couple of minutes, City went back ahead with Sam Mewis's goal. Uh, but we were honestly, it, I, I can't put it into words how good that first half was. Sam Mewis was incredible, I mean, she's one of the ta tallest players in the squad. 5'11 or 6 foot tall, which is over 180, well over 180, 1 meter 80. And she was awesome, really was. I've got to give shout out for the first half performance of uh, Caroline Weir. She was top class. Second half, Arsenal came back into it. You can't keep a good side down. And we were under a tremendous amount of pressure, incredible pressure. But we were firm, we were resolute, we worked hard. We kept them out. We saw a debut for Rose Lavelle. Um, she came on in the second half. A wonderful second half display from Demi Stokes. She was good in the first half, 
but she was awesome in the second half. She has an incredible level of, she's incredibly talented, so much pace. Um, she just got everything right. Uh, and the funny thing is, we got Alex Green, uh, Demi Stokes is a left back. Alex Greenwood has come back from Lyon. She's another left back. And they both fight for the England uh, berth uh, at international level. And Demi got dropped for the last game against uh, Brighton. But you watch her playing tonight. She was incredible. Um, you know, player of the uh, match performance for me. But we had stars all over the pitch. It, it was an incredible display. And if you get a chance to even watch the highlights, please, you know, watch the highlights. And this season, I said it, City played the way we played tonight throughout the season. Nobody's going to beat us. We are clearly the best side, but it's, it's sustaining that. Uh, but look, we've got uh, to finish off. We've got a new manager, Gareth Taylor. He, you know, he's, he just started uh, this season, so he's going to take a little time to settle. The players are going to take a little time to settle. But as we saw with Sam Mewis coming through, she looks awesome. Um, so it's an exciting time to follow women's football. Well, guys, uh, I don't think that we can um, uh, finish this section without mentioning our very own uh, Manchester City academic. It's Dr. Gary James. Uh, a good friend of ours and um, as people may know he's an honorary research fellow at uh, De Montfort University and he's written an amazing book guys if you're really into this and I think that everyone is going to be it's Manchester City Women and Oral History I've got the book um, I absolutely loved it it's incredible you need to uh, buy that you can get it on Amazon and uh, that will take you through the uh, the history of Manchester City women, and absolutely one hundred percent recommended. If Gary's listening, I, I really, really hope that people will, uh, particularly male uh, followers, will take an interest and really, really get into the history of it. It's it's wonderful. That book is it's sensational, and I hope that um, people will. Uh, take a look uh, and buy that but um, Ray I guess what a lot of people are uh, really interested mm -hmm. in is the whole idea of uh, this last minute transfer activity that people are speculating on and um, before I ask you to name your targets Ray um, we've obviously got Ruben Diaz a, a fantastic aggressive mm -hmm. defender We've got uh, Nathan Ake, we've got Ferran Torres. But uh, Ray, where do you think the holes in the squad still lie? Um, well, I think generally fans, um, I think we're reasonably happy now with our centre-backs. We've, you know, briefly we've got Emery Laporte, who's uh, a left-sided centre-back, Nathan Ake, a left-sided centre-back, and... Uh, on the other side, we've got now we've got Ruben Diaz as a right sider, and probably John Stones is going to stay now as another right sider. And it's interesting, uh, I think I mentioned to you before that Ruben Diaz for Benfica played on uh, as a right sided centre back, but for Portugal, he plays as a left sided centre back. So he's extremely versatile, um, he's an exciting addition. So I think there's no issues there. Right back. If you argue we've got Kyle Walker and Joao Cancelo as his backup, then you've got your two players. Left back is a huge problem, I think. Um, oh, yeah. And, and that's where City fans are uh, extremely concerned um, because, you know, we, we, we play with Ben Mendy. Now, Ben Mendy um, has had a tough time at City. Ray, we, we just had a comment um, up on our pod just as you were talking, saying that Mendy looks like a player with a wardrobe on his back. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, and I'll tell you what, mate, it's a big wardrobe. It's a double wardrobe because he doesn't look anything like the play he did at Monaco and the first season at City where he played about seven or eight games and we thought, wow, we've got a star on our hands. He got injured, he came back, second season he started and we thought, we've got a star on our hands. And he got injured, came back the third season and then we just thought, we've got a flop on our hands. You know, Tagliafico, Tagliafico. But possibly, possibly, I'll, I'll come up to him. But so, Mendy's an issue, okay? And that's what we're worried about. Obviously, we let Angelina go on loan, so he's gone. Zinchenko is another one who covered at left back and he's done extreme, he did extremely well. You know, he had so many offers uh, a few seasons back, he said, no, I'm going to stick it out. 
And we thought he was he was about to leave, and he said, "No, I'm going to stick it out at City." You know, he, he likes it here. We kind of, in inverted commas, rescued him uh, from um, from nothing. Um, you know, in the Ukraine when there was no football, um, and so you know, we resurrected it or made his career for him. So he you know feels that debt to us. So he stuck around, and then he ended up being in the Centurion side and the formidable side because of injuries to Mendy and Delft. So he he got lucky. Uh, and there's a feeling that he's going to try and get lucky again and stick around even longer. He, you know, he's happy to be here uh, and doesn't mind that he's not playing so much. Um, but obviously, this this he's he was left out of the squad um, for the game against Burnley. People said, "Oh, he, he must be leaving." Apparently, Pepper said, "No, he, he'll be out for a week or two. Uh, the people are putting two and two together and making about fifty-three because obviously, his uh, Zinchenko's wife came out and said some stuff after we got knocked out by. Uh, Lyon in the Champions League quarterfinal about Pep and people saying, oh, you know, that's the reason why Pep is going to get rid of him. There was a lot of noise early this week, a lot of noise uh, around City from the journalists who work closely with the club that City were looking for a left back. And how desperate do you think the need is for the left back? Well, if you look at it, Ben, ben, ben Mendy is going to struggle all season, in my opinion. Um, and I, I don't want him to fail. But he's going to struggle. Against Wolves, Wolves had a torrid time in that first half against Man City. Um, but at halftime, they decided that, um, that the manager said after the game that they, they weren't attacking the pressure points. And that was Ben Mendy. Second half, he got torn torn up and down, torn to pieces. So many people, everybody wanted to take him on. They isolated him. Uh, Triori beat him for pace. Neto beat him for pace. He was poor that second half. You can't have that kind of performance. I don't care about the other people's pace. So people know Ben Mendy is a weak link. So they went for him. So that's a problem. Cancelo's been out injured. Now, I think Cancelo could be a fantastic addition going forwards on the left. I mean, he played the last four games of last season. Maybe Nathan Ake as well as a left back? Well, we could use Ake, but... The thing is, people keep saying here, Aki could play as a left-back. He played one season as a left-back for Watford on loan in 2015-16. I, I don't know if that's good enough. Yes, we can put him out there if needs be. I don't want us to be a needs-be team. I want us to put better players out. Um, so Ray, I think what we need is a little, you know, a little scrapper, someone well, that will fight for the ball. What I, I want is a complete left-back. I mean, is that too much to ask after so many years? You know, it, we, something we might touch on later, but when I did a team for the decade, the last decade, Kolarov was the winner of the, the left-back berth. I know, it should have been Willie Donaghy, but that was, the, uh, that was the, the team of the decade, right? But I'm saying, we didn't have alternatives, you know, uh, with, uh, in, with over 1,000 votes on that left-back slot, he won, he got 55%. Right, of let me put you here and now and ask you, Go on. when was the last time that you thought that we had a superb Left back. Now I'm going to put you on the spot, and I'm going to say that I think it was Willie Donaghy, but that's because I'm so old. Yeah, Winbridge. Um, Winbridge. Who? Winbridge. No, he was rubbish as well. Uh, the ex-Chelsea player. You, when you, do you think that we last had a really great left? Honestly, back? I can't think of one in living in my memory. I, I, you know, I might have to go back to someone like Willie Donaghy. There might be. I can't think. I just, you know, I can't think. In the last. 15 or 20 years, I can't think of anybody. Honestly, I'm, I'm struggling. Stuart Pearce, but he was past it when he came uh, to us. Um, I can't think of anybody. So that, that's Stuart Pearce, was he a left-back? Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you'll see he was a left-back for Forrest. Uh, but the thing is, we really, we have struggled. It's a problem position for us. And I don't think Mendy's going to cut it this season. He's not doing it so far. Uh, and if Zinchenko is a midfielder who's converted to a left-back. He always makes mistakes. I want somebody who is an excellent defender. And it all depends what Pep wants. I want somebody who's an excellent defender who, who can go forwards. Pep wants his um, left-back to be an excellent uh, crosser of the ball and a winger. And, and some people will say, well, why don't you get a, a winger to do the winger's job and, and let the left-back do a defending job? But that's not the way Pep plays. Pep wants his um, fullbacks to be inverted. He wants them to go wide uh, and, and put crosses in and, and work with um, the uh, attacking midfielders and the wingers to create spaces and, and to get in behind the defence. So I understand all that. The two options that seem to be named 
And I'll throw a quick third one in. The number one is David Alaba. Uh, 20, I think he's still 28 uh, or 29. The Bayern Munich left-back who can also cover at centre-back. He'd been playing for Bayern Munich at centre-back this season because they needed him. And they won the Champions League. So The only problem with Alaba is that he seems to be um, holding them to ransom for more money. I think that's he's in the last year of his contract. Um, Bayern Munich have now said they don't, they'll, they'll hold him. They won't let him go. Um, even if he leaves for nothing next summer, the rumours are that he doesn't want to come to England. I don't know. Money does talk, um, <laughs> uh, and he he would be a cracking person to 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 have. There's this other fellow called Taglifico. There's a, I think there's another called one Tellis who might be going to United. But Taglifico seems to be the name mentioned a lot. He's co- going to cost around 23, 25 million euros. He's placed for Ajax. My concern. I've not watched the guy play. I've not managed to get hold of. Uh, any journalists or analysts? Yeah, to myself and Mark McLaughlin watched uh, the YouTube um, uh, highlights of uh, Tagliafico tonight, and he does look like a little scruffy, you know, um, uh, hard-ass little player. And I think the thing that- is, Mike, you got to remember what I've told you that you know, on on a on a three or a four minute YouTube video, even a ten minute. Yeah, that's true. Video, that's true. You you know what are you going to pick? You're going to pick the you know the best bits or the worst bits, and 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 so they could cover. Well, up. Sven did that. Sven did that, and um. <laughs> well, don't don't talk about Sven, you know. But but the thing, but the, that that's the thing. What you know? So you, the thing about Tagliafico is the, the issue I've got. I, I just look at it, and and this is my opinion. He's 28 years old. Okay, he's playing for Ajax, decent side. His background is Banfield Independiente in Argentina, and I think he went on loan to somewhere in Spain, okay, uh, for a, a little while. Now, 28 years old, why has he slipped under the radar? Why hasn't somebody else, you know, no disrespect to um, Ajax, why has, hasn't somebody else come in? Because he plays for Ajax? No, no, no. What I mean is, he, the guy is 28. Okay, he had five years at Banfield. He went to Real Mercy on loan for a season. He's been an independiente in Argentina until 2018. Why, at the age of 26, was he noticed? And then went to Ajax. Why has it taken so long for anybody to notice this guy? If he's that good, that's always my question. If you're that good, why is it taking to the age of 26 to go to someone like Ajax? And it's not as if he's gone to someone at that sort of age. You'd be expecting him to go to Barcelona or Real Madrid or a top, top club. Why is he going to Ajax? Or a decent side. That's my issue. That's my my concern without watching him play. And without, and I don't want to rely on a YouTube video. I want to see, like the last few videos I've done on players, I've talked to journalists who watch them, sports journalists, football journalists. I've talked to analysts whose job it is to watch a particular league. So when I talk about Kuunde, uh, well, I talked about him recently. I talked to a guy who watches La Liga. That's his job. He's a football analyst watching La Liga. He actually is a Portuguese guy with Portuguese heritage. He talk, told me all about Ruben Dias because he watches the uh, Portuguese league as well. Um, and he's a big, obviously, a fan of the Portugal national team. That's his team. So he, I'm talking to people who watch the games day in, day out. He's a qualified coach coach for the last eight years, taking all his licenses and everything else. So you'd like to think he, he knows what he's talking about. And you get a lot more talking to someone like that than you get in a, watching a four-minute YouTube video. So that's my issue about Tagliafico. He's he's not gone anywhere big. That's got to be, that, for me, that's a concern. And actually... What about the other guys, um, Ray, like the young Algerian and Theo Hernandez and people like that? Rayanet Nuri is the guy I, I did a video on uh, a few months, several months ago, and he, for me, he's an exciting talent. Um, he's an attacking fullback, yeah, that, and I think that's that's important. He's a really attacking fullback, playing in France. Um, I think he's he is of Algerian background, but I think he's going to end up playing for the. Uh, I think he's going for the French national team. Um, 
it just let's be honest there's more money in france it's not the only reason but if you're if you're born in france you know you might have algerian just to interject Ray, is that not what we don't need we don't need another jesus navas we need someone that can defend oh, no. the pope this is not jesus navas was a winger who was not a good good winger rena nuri look I, i'm excited by this kid i've seen him play i you know i've um, spoken to algerian journalists they'll really like him um and he's, he's, he signed an extent, contract extension. I think that's partly to um, make what sure... What we right. need is someone to scuttle down and stop crosses from coming it in. Surely. Depends what you want, Mike. You know, Pep wants someone to attack. So my question is, Ben Mendy isn't, for me, that guy. Someone like Rayonet Nuri, what he likes to do, he likes to take people on inside, outside. He, and he likes to put, you know, he likes a shot, he likes a cross. So for me, that, that if that's what Pep wants, then why don't we go for more of what we need? You know, you you got to, basically your decision is: do you focus on your attacking, or you, you focus on the defense? And Pep does not focus on the defense; he's focused on the attack. So why don't you get somebody who's better suited, you know, to to do that? Someone who can put good crosses in, someone who can dribble inside and out, someone who can. Shoot, someone who can score, and, you know. Why don't you get that proper attacker, someone who used to be a winger? And you know, so for me, he's only nineteen. He's, he's now just turned nineteen this summer. He's got a lot of potential, and there's a risk, obviously, with someone who's got a lot of potential. But people are looking at him. It could be next summer. He's too expensive, or he goes to a, another club. You know, Barcelona come knocking, he'll be off there. Um, it's one of those things. So he's exciting, but he's an attacker. If it was me, uh, I'd be going for David Alaba because he's an extremely solid defender. And, uh, you know, at some point, we need some solid defenders. Well, Ray, let's uh, move on to, I think, a huge question from a lot of people. If uh, uh, Husim Awar is apparently available for the kind of money that we've been reading, uh, such that Arsenal are trying to sign him. What the hell are City doing, you know, sitting back and letting that happen? Well, the thing is, Husamoa, the, the reported Arsenal bid was £32 million. Um, He's been waiting for a move from Juventus or City. Um, if City or Juventus come along, that's where you'd expect him to go. Uh, Lyon won somewhere nearer to €50 million, Euros, I think. Uh, I think possibly he might go up around the forty million mark. Uh, lots of things depend on clubs' financial situation. Now, without going into too much detail, obviously COVID nineteen has had an impact on clubs. They've not gotten any match day income. They've got no fans at grounds. Uh, different clubs are affected in a different way. You got a small club like Burnley. Uh, they miss out on about between six and seven million pounds a season. You've got a big club like Man United. They're missing out on about 110 to 120 million pounds a season. Makes a huge difference. Um, now, Leon, the finances are pretty decent, uh, but they do let players move on. We've seen that with uh, Tongan and Bailey moving on and others. They do let players move on. They are a selling club. Um, their issue is they didn't make it into um, the Champions League. They finished outside the European positions in France. Uh, I don't know if they got through in the cup, but I, I don't think so. So if they've not got European football at all, or even if they dropped into the Europa League, it's a huge drop-off in income. It could be worth 30 or 40 million euros to them. So it might tempt them to sell players. That's one of the reasons we've managed to get Ruben Diaz from Benfica. Benfica didn't qualify for the Champions League. They got knocked out, um, was it last week? Uh, and that helped the deal. Um you know, they're obviously missing out on the money and the players missing out on the prestige of playing in a tournament they want to play in. That helps us to get Ruben Diaz. And it's the same thing with Leon. They, Barcelona trying to sign Memphis Depay. They're struggling with the money to pay for him. If he moves, maybe Husmoa doesn't need to move or maybe Leon can hold out for more money. But still, he's a cracking player. But at some point, City, like everybody else, were affected by the financial situation. Uh, even though people say we've got one of the richest owners in the world, which we do have, he doesn't put his money into the club the way he used to, where he, the way he had to to buy players. Now the club is self-sustaining. Um, we make a, small, a very small profit each year. 
can we actually afford it? We've lost £100 million or potentially £100 million, over £100 million in the space of um, what could be this season and part of last season. It's a heck of a lot of money. We've lost money all, all over the shop. The FFP fine cost us €10 million. Euros. There's a, a Chinese uh, broadcasting deal has been um, cancelled. I think that's going to cost us £9 million a season. Um, obviously, the uh, fans not going into grounds is going to cost us about £60 million this coming season. It all adds up. Um, and and this, I think the rebate we had to give to the uh, to the TV companies was about 15 or £16 million last season. So it's all going to add up. And even City are going to feel the pinch. That's why when we wanted Khalida Koulibaly, we really wanted him, we wouldn't go over about €55 million, Euros, even though Napoli wanted 70 And everybody thought, well, why can't City pay the extra? But they wouldn't. Then when we moved on to Jules Koundé, we were offering about €50 million. Euros. Diaz, we paid a bit more for him, but we've inflated the price. Uh, that we paid for him and infl- inflated the price that uh, Nicholas Ottomani went the other way. So we did a little bit of accounting, jiggery pokery, I believe, um, to make the numbers work better for everybody. So City are pushing the boards out on the on, on the transfers. We've got the other thing to also remember: we've got six, we've got sixteen, I believe, non-homegrown players. Now, a club in a squad of twenty-five is allowed a maximum of seventeen non-homegrown players. That's basically players who have been through the home nations, England, Scotland, uh, Ireland, uh, Wales, uh, etc. By the time they're 21, they need to have done three seasons or three years or 36 months in such clubs, at least be registered with them. So there are many players who have been registered with with City, for instance, and sent on loan overseas. I think Angelino fits the bill. He He hardly ever played for City. He spent most of his time overseas, but he qualified as a homegrown. So that helps us. Um, Someone like Cesc Fabregas, who's an international uh, huge star for Spain, he's homegrown for uh, for England in, in England because he played for Arsenal for the requisite period of time. Um, Eric Dyer, an England international, he's not homegrown because he was he came through in Portugal, I think. So these these are important considerations. We've already got sixteen. And we've got one more spot. If we're going for a left back, then unless we sell Zinchenko. Um, we won't have the space for someone like Husmoa. So that's another important consideration. But he should be somebody we're looking at. He's an exciting talent. But you could also argue that we've got KDB as an attacking midfielder. We've got Phil Foden coming through as an attacking midfielder. We've got Bernardo Silva as an attacking midfielder. Do we really need Husmoa right now? Is he a priority? I would suggest attacking midfielder is not a priority, as is a left-back or a striker. Well, let's just um, finish off this um, this pod, guys, by asking Ray about uh, one thing that everyone is uh, talking about. And uh, they're thinking that City really could do with some form of attacker because, yeah. as you know, Aguero does suffer his uh, injuries, as great as he is, and, and as wonderful as uh, Gabriel Jesus is, he's not quite the prolific marksman um, to take... Uh, Aguero's place and so people have suggested a few other names and we're going to ask Ray to comment on them the first one is um, Luka Jovic who's out of uh, form and out of favour at Real Madrid where there's been a lot of talk about uh, uh, Cavani and uh, you remember of course that um, uh, Roberto Mancini wanted to sign him Yeah. Um, and uh, various other options uh, we used to have four Strikers, guys. You remember those days? Back in the uh, day, we had people like Balotelli, we had um, Tevez, we had Aguero and Dzeko. What do you reckon, Ray? Luka Jovic, um, he's, he's still young. He's only 22 years old. He's quite tall. He's quite bulky. Um, he had a great season a couple of seasons back, if you remember. And that's why he came to, uh, to uh, prominence. Uh, but the thing is... He was, he was on when he was on loan at Eintracht Frankfurt for a couple of seasons. He had a great season. He's got twenty. Uh, oh, sorry, two seasons. He's got twenty-five goals in fifty-four games. I can't remember. It slipped my mind who his his partner was at the time, uh, and it, it feels like he needed his partner uh, at the time to 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 help score all those goals. I can't remember his name now. Anyway, but the the problem is. Um, He's had a tough start at Real Madrid. He's uh, worse than tough. He scored two goals in 19 league games. He's had a terrible time at Real Madrid. And 
it's a possibility that he could go on. He, he went up for a big uh, money move to, uh, to, to Madrid. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a possibility that he'll go out on loan somewhere um, with a possible, you know, just go out on loan for a season and then come back um, or go out on loan with a possibility that he could be sold. You know, um, I'm not so sure. It, it, it depends how you want to look at it, Mike. I'm not so sure I want somebody who's probably after 19 games for Real Madrid and only two goals, low on confidence. You know, in, in total, actually, he's played more than that. That's just league. In total, he's played 29 games for Real Madrid and scored two goals. So that's got to be a concern. A guy's probably low on confidence. Is that somebody you want in your, in your side? Is that the guy who's going to make the difference to you? I'm not so sure. You know, he's yes, he's he was a good talent and probably still is a good talent, but it, it, that worries me. Moving on to how, some, how about uh, Cavani? Cavani, Cavani's 33, 33 and a half years old. Now he's an he's an exciting talent. He, you know, he does score goals. Okay, so there's no question about that for Paris Saint Germain in the league. That's what I normally look at. He scored 138 goals in 200 games for Napoli. In uh, before he went when he was sold to Napoli, he scored 52 goals in 69 games. He also had a season on loan where he scored 26 in 35. So he scored 78 goals for Napoli in the league in 104 games. That's a tremendous record. And going back even further uh, for Palermo, he scored 34 in 109. He's also so incredibly good looking. <laughs> Whatever takes your fancy, Mike. Um, I couldn't possibly comment. But he's a, he's a cracking player. But he's he's 33. <sighs> Depends what he wants. He's six foot tall. In, so the, in the transition between we sign Aguero's replacement and right now, he would be quite a good fit. It would be. What the issue would be, would he be happy? Would he be happy to come to City knowing that in November, Aguero's back and Cavani might not play much more this season. Would he be happy? Would he be worried that um, Gabriel Jesus is ahead of him as well in his mind? Um, so he, is he coming Is he coming just to be a stopgap for a month and then be third choice and not play much at all? If we were to go down that route, we'd have to pay an absolute fortune to get him. Otherwise, why would he bother? Um, you know, so I'm not so sure, you know, you, you could argue he's not played in the Premier League. He's, he's not that fast. Do we need a fast player? We just need someone who can score from six yards and score some headers. You know, if you want to third do that, pick, then get third, pick, third pick, Ray. How about Jamie Vardy? He's not coming. Simple as that. You're going to move on. That's never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. I know. I was there, just are lot of, there are a lot of other exciting players who actually, uh, uh, there's a lot of good players in Italy. I've, I've done several videos about people like Martinez, but he's going to cost us a fair uh, fair packet. Uh, but he looks an exciting 23-year-old who is, he, he looks Aguero-esque in terms of what his numbers are uh, and, and what he can do on the pitch and the effort he puts in and everything else, same height and everything. The looks of people like Dybala, who I think is a little bit too old. There's some other, there's a player we were linked with called Milik, um, a, a Polish international who plays for Napoli. Obviously, when you mention Napoli, people are concerned because we've had so many problems with Napoli. Um, but Milik is a very interesting one. He's had some injuries. So people overlook him. This is the thing. People overlook him because of his uh, injury record. Um, he's, but the thing is, and, and, and the fact he's uh, um, at um, Napoli, but he's got a good record. He's got a very good record. Um, he's got 38 goals in the league in 93 games for Napoli. That's not bad. And in the season before that, he scored 21 in 31 for Ajax. And before that, he was on loan at Ajax. He scored 11 in 21. So in, in, in the two seasons at Ajax, he scored 32 goals in 52 games. It's a good return. And at Napoli, he scored a, a ton of goals as well. And actually, last season, he scored 11 league goals in 26 games. And you might think, well, that's not a great return. But he's third choice. He's not starting a lot of games. The season before, 17 league goals in 35 games. So that's one in every two. So he's a, cheap, a much cheaper option. He's got good height once again if you want. A, a tall striker to offer you something different. Uh, this guy is one meter eighty six, which is six foot one. That's uh, you know there are other people out there. There's uh, Zapata, he, you know, another uh, guy who's playing at Atlanta. And you might remember um, when we played against Atlanta, they were they're a very good attacking team. He's another guy 
who is extremely tall, Duvan Zapata. He's 186 tall. Um, so it's about 6'2 or 6'3, something like that. It's a Colombian guy. He's 29, which puts people off. They say, well, no, he's 29. What's... But the thing is, he's been around. He's yeah, He has been around, but he scored a shed load of goals in the last two seasons. He was on loan at our last three seasons. He scored at Atlanta 47 goals in 74 league appearances. That's a cracking return. Last season, 18 league goals in 28 games. The season before, 23 league goals in 37 games. That's a fantastic return in the last two seasons. And, it, you know, he's had his injury problems, but you'd like to think he's probably over them. In the last three seasons, he's played, uh, actually, in the last four seasons, 38 league games, 31, 37, 28. So, he's, he's, you know, it's just his age that people are worried about. But well, guys, I think that... Um... After an that. hour of this, I think we've got to uh, draw it to a conclusion. But what I'm going to do to finish off, um, I'm going to try to predict what Ray might say. Now, there's only a few <laughs> days left on this um, uh, transfer window. And, uh, of course, uh, it's, it's extremely difficult to get players in in these circumstances. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take a guess about the three players that Ray would get if he could. Mm -hmm. And uh, here here are my three guesses. Okay. I'm going to guess that for left back, that he might go for Tagliafico. For um, uh, central midfield, I think that he actually might go for a guy that we haven't talked about too much, uh, is uh, Ishmael Banasser. Um who is valued at over 50 million, but obviously, you know, Milan do not want to lose this guy. And for the striker, given what he said, I would possibly go for Milik. Now, how many did I get right, Ray? Uh, one. <laughs> one, one. Okay. Left back, if I, my first choice for left back is David Alaba. My second choice is Rayan Nuri. My third choice only because I, I only had two choices, is Tagliafico. Um, Ismail Manasa, wonderful, wonderful talent, 22 years old, uh, player of the tournament last year in the uh, Africa Cup of Nations, as Algeria won that uh, competition. He's an aggressive little scrapper, isn't he? Yeah. For me, he's got the qualities I've seen in three City players. He's got that defensive mind of Fernandinho. He's got the box-to-box of Yaya Turi. really nasty, too. I love that he's yeah. so nasty. Yeah. But also, he's got that turnaround and that impudence of David Silva. He's not got David Silva. He's not got David Silva's passing and, and setting up of goals and assists and all that. But he's not got Yaya's stature and, and the run. And he's, but he's got bits of each. You can play him at the base of the... Um, uh, midfield where Fernandinho plays as a Fernandinho type midfielder. You can play him alongside Fernandinho or alongside Rodri, um, so this you know supporting the defensive midfielder, or you can play him in a, in a more advanced role and supporting your attacking midfielder and protecting him. He so, just snaps at your heels. I've, oh, I've watched him. He's just bang, 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 bang. He's like and at such a nasty little player, but he, lovely. Phenomenal talent, 22. Um, you know, the, the analyst I speak to and the journalists absolutely adore him. And, you know, next season, you know, he's, he's, he's on an upward curve. That's the thing. He's on an upward curve. And you can see that upward curve. Uh, and the striker, I would, I would take Lautaro Martinez. Um, yep. if, if I had to get someone now, it depends what I want. Lautaro Martinez is 23. If I want somebody who will take over in a year or two's time from, uh, from Aguero, Lautaro Martinez could fit that bill because he'd learn from Aguero. He'd learn from Messi when we sign Messi next season. Um, he'd learn from these players. you still think that we're going to sign Messi uh, next season? Uh, yeah, maybe we've got four days left. We could, we could sign him in this season, but uh, we might. We might get Messi. But w- whatever. But this guy can take over from Aguero. He, what I want him to have is for Lautaro Martinez. If you have a season with Aguero, and then you can take over. Uh, but he's young and he can still progress. If I was looking for an experienced person who is going to come in as a short term, um, then I'd look at, I would look at, yeah, I'd probably look at Milik, Milik or Zapata. I'd look at either of those two to come in. I'd probably go with Milik. 
I think just because he's moved around and he's, he's done well when he's moved around, you know, you want somebody who can pretty much hit the ground running. So, yeah, so for me, as I said, my striker depends whether I want someone for the long term, for the next eight to 10 years, that'd be Lautaro Martinez. If I want someone for the next three or four years, then I'd either go for uh, Milik or Zapata. Okay, okay, guys. Well, you've heard it here. You've heard uh, Ray's opinions. And uh, we would really love you to uh, listen to this and give your reaction. But um, I think we've taxed uh, Ray uh, quite enough for one night. Um, what time is it over there in the UK, uh, Ray? In the UK, it's coming up to midnight. I'm in France, so it's coming up to one. Right, so actually, yeah, Ray is in France right now. So it's what, nearly one o'clock in the morning? One o'clock in the morning. Okay, guys. Well, it's uh, just about 10 minutes to eight o'clock here in South Korea. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, uh, give this a listen and uh, get us back to us on what you think if you've got strongly uh, agreement or strong disagreement. But um, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, guys. What we're going to do is we're going to put this out as fast as possible straight after this pod uh, just to uh, ask you to uh, comment. But uh, just for right now, we're just going to thank Ray uh, so much for uh, coming on and giving us his views. Thank you so much, Ray. Oh, it's absolutely a pleasure, mate. Okay, guys. Well, this has been the Bolt from the Blue podcast, and uh, we'll be back with you very, very shortly. But until then, as we always say, have one on us. Have one on us and up those blues. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>